Tonight at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue down our, our sermon series of the alphabet. Uh, tonight's letter is the letter Y, and it stands for yes. You know, yes is a powerful word, but it loses its power when we use it all the time. You know, many years of my life, you know, I said yes to the wrong things. I said yes when I didn't want to say yes. You know, so then therefore, yes lost its power because I couldn't say no. You know, and we learn that these two things are hinged together. There's times that God says yes. There's times that God says no. And what I've learned in this life that God says no a lot more than he says yes. And we get frustrated when we don't get our own way. I get frustrated when I don't get my own way. You know, but... You know, there was this movie many years ago about Bruce Almighty. This guy, guy was pretty upset, and he's like, I could do a better job than God. So God said, here, have a shot. You know, and all these prayers are coming through, and he just says, we'll say yes to them all. You know, so everybody's praying to win the lottery, so everybody did win the lottery. So there was a cash out of the lottery. Everybody got like 11 cents because everybody won it. You know, that sometimes we need no in our life so that our yeses are powerful. You know, I know for me that there's things in my life that God has said yes to. And it's amazing. But there's also areas in my life that God has said no to. And I've learned that God is moving in unanswered prayers. So I think they're unanswered. Because God answers every prayer with a yes, a no, or a wait. You know, and we don't like to wait. I want what I want when I want it. I want you to do what I want you to do. I want this person to do what I want you to do. I'm the chief critic. If you would just obey my will, then I would be happy. But in all honesty, the more I chase what I think I want, the crazier my life gets. So my feelings tell me that this is what I want. And my feelings tell me that that's what I want. And I learned a long time ago through the rooms at, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous that feelings aren't facts. And when you first hear that, you push against it, or at least I did. And I've had arguments with people Well, they were arguing and I was just kind of like, no, it's still true. And then months later, they'll come back and be like, I get it now. And how often do we do that with God? We think God's wrong. I think God's wrong. If God would just do it my way, then God's will would be accomplished, right? No. 
Tom's will would be accomplished. And once again, in Jesus' name, Tom's will destroys Tom. You know, we have to learn to hear when God is saying yes and when God is saying no. But a lot of times when we hear no, we try to help God say yes. So we find scriptures and we find reasonings. And I know God would want me to be happy. It's the greatest lie of all. God wants you to rejoice in Him. Because He is our yes. But so often we, we make Jesus a, a get out of he- or get out of jail free card because we get to go to heaven. And we forget that He wants to move here on earth too. So once upon a time, before I even realized what I was doing, I said yes to Jesus. But it really had nothing to do with going to heaven or trying to get out of hell because I didn't really believe in this mumbo-jumbo anyway. I said yes to Jesus because I needed the pain to stop in my life. And I've tried every other thing that I could possibly think of to make the craziness that's going on inside of my self go away. No matter how much drugs I did, no matter how much alcohol I did, no matter how much money I did, no matter how many girls I slept with, no matter, no matter, no matter, fill in the blank, I could never find peace. I was always chasing after the thing that was going to change me on the inside. But what I came to realize is that no matter what I do, I'm still broken. You know, and so often we're looking for an outside solution to an inside problem. And the only thing that can fix my inside problem is something that's willing to come inside of me and begin to heal me from the inside out. But even so, we are so broken in, in points of our life, and then we get sober, we start going to church, and we put on the mask. So I act as if I'm doing great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But yet the inside is still very, very broken. But I gotta fake it till I make it. And there's truth in some of that, but so often we get so used to faking it that we stop making it. And it's just a matter of time before we jump off the cliff because we said yes to the wrong thing again. You know, I've been sober a few times in my life where I've had over a year. And in those periods, I'm saying yes. But I'm saying yes to behavior modification. That if I I, I, I do this and I do that and I, I stay away from that, then... I'm going to appear to be different. But I never really allowed God in to the inside of who I was. I never let him into my past. I never let him into my abuses and child. I never let him in to all these areas of brokenness because I'm going to manage that because I have to be in control of that because if I open the door, I don't know if I'll ever get it closed again. 
But the truth of the matter is, is I need all that stuff out. And Jesus comes and knocks on certain doors in our life. And we're like, nobody's home. I remember when I started really saying yes to Jesus. And it was more than just going through the motions of recovery or going through the motions of church. And he started really transforming areas of my life that I didn't think could be transformed. Because I didn't understand that there is something so much different than a relationship with Jesus and a religious action of going to church. See, I got dragged to church as a kid, as many of us have. And I listened to who knows how many uh, sermons. Don't remember none of them. And the second I was old enough to, to run away from that, because it's about control, and they just want my money, and it's fake anyway, and yada, yada, yada. There's a million excuses. I believe in science. But it's funny how my pain brought me back to a place where I needed Jesus. And not really realizing that he was the solution to my problem. I remember walking across the front of the church that day. You know, I walked to the front and I turned the corner and I'm looking at all the people and I'm like, what did you just do? And I get to the front and the pastor comes up to me and he's like, do you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And I step back from him and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to become crazy. Tom, what are you doing? I'm, I'm having this crazy thinking. I'm, I'm going to become one of those people. And I'm listening to the pastor tell me, you know, that he wants to come into my heart and heal my wounds. He wants to transform my life. You know, and I had this belief that I was this black hole. I was this virus. That I was so bad that if I got next to you, your life would begin to suck. Because I'm that bad. I am just horrible. That I've been cursed. That I have been damned. That I have, you know, this, been dealt the wrong hand of cards and this is my suffering forever. So up into that point, no matter what type of hope that people in recovery would try to get me, I wouldn't buy that. Because my life has always sucked, my life sucks now, my life's going to continue to suck, because I suck. But I got to this place in my life where I was so broken, and in so much pain, that I was tired of doing it my way. That all of my yeses were leading me to the wrong places. Do you want another line? Yes. You want to smoke some more weed? Yes. You want to have sex? Yeah. Duh. Do you want to spend your whole paycheck on a Friday night? Absolutely. Do you want to be bumming bunny tomorrow? Yes. Do you want to be broke all week? Absolutely, yes. I love living this way. It makes me feel great on the inside. And then they come along and tell me that I should say no to that stuff. 
Just say no. I don't know how to say no. I don't like saying no. Because the inside of me hurts when I say no to me. My brain goes crazy when I say no to something I want to do. Like, why would I say no? I want to do that. It's painful. I know, but we'll just deal with it later. But later never comes, and farther down the the rabbit hole we go. I remember saying yes to Jesus, but still saying yes to my flesh. And there's this war going on. And if you pray for things in the name of Jesus, he gives you the desires of your heart. And I'm like, sweet. I like this Jesus guy. All right, Jesus. I want to have sex today. Come on. And guess what? I roll that dice and there's be times and I'd be having sex. I'm like, come on, Jesus. And then I would read in the Bible that I'm not supposed to be doing it. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought the desires of my heart. But that's sin. Oh, wait, my heart is full of sin. My heart is the problem. But I have a good heart. No, I don't have a good heart. I have a selfish heart that wants to destroy me and everyone around me for my own selfish gain. The Bible tells me that my my heart is wicked. And out of my heart, my mouth speaks. Anybody said some good positive stuff today coming out of your mouth? Who knows what I'm talking about? Like, praise God, this is great. I'm loving this. My paycheck's amazing. I love child support. I love denying myself. I love sitting in a building and not being able to go outside. I love having to go to work. Woo! Come on! Yes to all this suffering! Woo! But in all honesty, the Bible tells us to rejoice when we get trials and suffering. It's the opposite of what our brain says. Our brain says, Jesus, you're screwing some stuff up right now. Your, your, your will for my life is not agreeing with me, so you need to change some things, Jesus. And we argue with Jesus. And he's like, I got you. No, you don't. Don't you see all the painful things that are going on in my life? Yeah, I sent that painful stuff because it made you turn from your sinful ways to your salvation. You're welcome. Wait, that's not what I want. But everything that I've ever wanted brings more pain into my life. Which is so funny to me. Because the first thing that really Jesus ever says is, come follow me. But we want Jesus to follow us. Come on, Jesus, let's go have some fun. He's like, what you do isn't fun. Like, yeah, it's fun until the consequences show up. Can I have some fun without consequences? And he's like, that's called sin. And you'll have fun overnight, but tomorrow you'll wither and fade. But my righteousness, if you say yes to me, you have a a life that will prosper. That I have a plan for you and it's good. But then he says, deny yourself. 
say yes to Jesus and no to ourselves. But I feel Anytime that people start talking to me about, I feel this and I feel that, sin comes out of that. Now we can think that what we feel is great, but normally my flesh is the one that's doing the feeling. My sin nature is the thing that feels. So when I deny it, it wants to get out from underneath the pressure. I want to say no to what Jesus is doing and yes to what I think is best. But that leads me down the wrong path again and again and again. And then I decide, well, this isn't working and I need more Jesus. All right, Jesus, forgive me. I'm rededicating myself. I'm going to do this again. And in like two steps, I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus, you're screwing this stuff up again. It hurts. I'm going to come back over here and medicate myself with various things, especially food. I really like food. Food's great. You did a good job there. Especially that sugar stuff. Yum. <clears throat> but Jesus is like, deny yourself and follow me. And it's like, I, I don't like the way that feels, that whole denying myself thing. I like saying yes to me and yes to you as long as you agree with me. Can we, can we work this out? Yeah, no. But Jesus tells us in, in John 8 that if you obey my teachings, then you're my true disciples. And the truth will set you free. See, we know that part. The truth will set you free. But where'd that truth come from? Truth is, is what I feel that truth to be? Or the truth that's rooted in the Word of God that is the only truth? Well, I think this is true. Okay. Well, follow that. Where does it get you? It doesn't work. Well, follow this truth. Well, I don't agree with that. Man wrote the Bible. Well, you can have that opinion, but why don't you try it and see what happens? Oh, wait, I'm doing it and it's working. It's just a coincidence. I don't like to read. I don't. I, I, I made it through high school and even college without reading a book. Like, I'll pay attention in class. And if I have to, I'll cheat off on my neighbor. Because I'm not trying to learn. I'm just trying to get by. I'm not trying to really retain the information that's in said class. I want you to give me at least a C so I don't ever have to see you again. See you later. My friend says that these get degrees. Which is true. But when it got to this place where I was so broken and people were telling me that Jesus is going to change my life and all I'm thinking is like, I'm going to have to go to church and listen to horrible music for the rest of my life. This is amazing. This is my penance. This is my fate. I've been dealt a horrible hand of cards and I put in two and you gave me two more that really are bad. I have to sit here and never have sex again and listen to people. And I'm like, oh. But if this is what's going to get me sober, off to church I go, off to church I go. 
But in the process of going to church, I ran into Jesus. And he was like, let's hang out. Now, I absolutely 100% believe that I should be in church every weekend. I believe that it's important for me to be plugged into the local church just as like it's important for me to have a bed to sleep in. That I should be in relationship with the pastor. That doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything he says. It doesn't mean that I'm going to do everything he tells me to do. It's not about control. It's not about I'm his puppet and he makes me do things. But there's somebody in my life that's teaching me things I don't know. And it's important for me to have people in my life that know stuff that I don't know. That if I'm the top of the food chain in my life, I'm screwed. That I have to say yes to to people sometimes when I don't want to. Why? Because I'm a rebellious fool and what I do brings more pain. And saying yes to people that are further down the path to me leads me down a part of the road that I've never traveled on and I don't know how to navigate it without saying yes to people that have wandered down that road before. So I needed to say yes to a sponsor to teach me how to do steps. And I needed to say yes to a pastor to teach me about Jesus. Now I can pick up those books and I can learn a two, three things on my own. So when sponsor says to me something that's not in the big book, I'm like, where'd you get that? Well, it's in the big book. I'm like, Prove it. And when a pastor preaches things, I'm like, that doesn't sound like the Bible to me. I can say, where did you get that? It's in the Bible. Show me. But see, what we do is like, I disagree with it all. Have you ever read it? No. I just know it's wrong. Why? Because I feel it. And someone said so. Who said so? I don't know. We have this opinion about recovery and we have this opinion about God that's rooted somewhere and we don't even know where it's rooted in. Now, that doesn't mean that people in recovery haven't hurt us. It doesn't mean that people in the church haven't hurt us. It doesn't mean that pain hasn't happened in our life. But that's not Jesus. Jesus didn't cause us that pain necessarily. And we blame Jesus for stuff people do. But... I don't know about you, when the bartender cut me off, didn't stop me from going back to the bar. When the guy at the spot ripped me off, it didn't stop me from going back to the spot. I might have to change spots. I might have to change bars. But I kept on going in the direction I wanted to go. And I wouldn't let anybody get in my way because my yes was dragging me in the wrong direction. But now my yes has changed, and anybody that gets in the way of my new yes, it's quick for me to say no and back to my old yes. But what is the desire of my heart? What I want or Jesus? See, I learned that if I have a God that agrees with everything I say, I've just manifested myself into the sky. And I'm insane. That's a bad God. He does bad stuff to me. And I think it's a good time. See, I should have a God that's bigger than me, that knows more than me, 
that's going to lead me down paths I've never walked upon. Because if I have a God that doesn't know more than me, what good is he? If I have a God that's not bigger than me, what good is he? If I have an opinion about God, but it's not rooted in truth, where does that opinion come from? Well, I feel. Okay. You may feel that. But where? Where is that rooted? It's rooted in some past pain somewhere. Now, you may not agree with everything that's in the Bible. And guess what? It's okay. God's not offended. God's big enough to take whatever you throw at Him. I promise. Me and Him have had it out. I've lost. But me and Him had it out. And I'm grateful that He won. Because if I had a God that I could push around, that's not a God I can serve. That's a God who serves me. He's not the Lord. I'm the Lord with a little baby Jesus. And so many of the times, what we really want is paganism with Christian clothes. I want to worship myself, but I believe in Jesus. But if I believe in Jesus, I would do what he asked me to do. Well, I don't agree everything he says. Well, then I don't really believe in Jesus. I believe in what I want to believe as long as he agrees with me. See where the, the, the problem is? I need a Jesus that asks me to do stuff that I want to do, and when I argue with him for six to nine weeks, and then I finally do it, I pop out the other side and be like, that was a really good idea. I probably should have done that a while ago. I need a Jesus that when I argue with him and tell him stuff's not going to work, and then I finally get fed up and, oh, I'm going to do it anyway, but it's not going to work, and then it works. I'm like, oh, sorry. Thanks, Jesus. Apparently you're still uh, that God guy. Thanks. I don't need a Jesus that lets me get away with what I want to get away with. I need a Jesus that transforms my heart from the inside out that my heart doesn't want to do the things it used to do. That I'm not always trying to will myself away from things. That there's such a transformation on the inside of me that I have no desire for those things anymore. See, so often we're trying to behavior modify ourselves and we're bad at it. I don't like behaving, and I don't know about you. If there's a rule, I'm breaking it twice and waving at you like, nah, nah. I want to do what I want to do. I've been that way since I was a little kid. Oh, wait, now I'm a grown man, and I still want to do what I did like I was a kid. Oh, wait, the Bible says when I was a kid, I did childish things. And when I became a man, I needed to put those things behind me. Oh, that's kind of cool. Is that That's in the Bible? Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff in the Bible that I never knew was in the Bible. As we learn to say yes to God and no to ourselves. He begins to take us on this journey that goes far beyond our ability to even contemplate where he wants to do and what he wants to do because it's that much better than our imagination. I have such a limited view of what I'm capable of. And technically, I am very limited by what I'm capable of. But I have this really big Jesus, and he likes to do impossible stuff. And when I partner with him, not so that he can get my story right, 
so that I can participate in his story, which is history, that we make history. But it's not me sharing what all great things Tom did. It's talking about how awesome this Jesus guy is because he's transformed a crackhead and a guy that goes in and out of jail, a person that's manic depressive, a person that's got anxiety, a person that can't stop stealing, a person that's sexually addicted, a person that can't leave anything alone to this completely different person that, like, I tell these stories and I'm like, I don't even remember who that guy is. I just remember the stories. But if you were to told me way back when, when I started my process of recovery, and they would read the promises that you will know happiness and you will know a new freedom. And I'm like, I'm going to stomp on your skull if you say that one more time. I could not believe that sobriety was going to be any sort of fun. I could not believe that this was going to be the rest of my life. And that's why I kept relapsing is because I couldn't imagine a sobriety that would be good. But if you take a very broken Tom and make him sober, that sobriety isn't good. That sobriety is horrible. But if you take a saved Tom that's working on a relationship with Jesus, life gets more good, gooder. We're screwing that up, so we might as well just go all the way. The gooderest thing that we could possibly do. (laughs) It becomes more amazing than we could ever imagine. The ship was sinking. I just threw a couple extra holes in it. I could not imagine this life that I have today. You could not convince me that this is the life that I would even want. So when we say, well, where will I be? He's like, I'm not telling you because you'll disagree with me. You'll tell me no. And then you'll do the opposite because you're rebellious. So I don't tell you anything more than what's your next step. Like, what am I supposed to do next week? Um, Why don't you just wash the dishes and we'll see where we end up. I don't want to wash the dishes. I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. How many times do we say, I don't want to? And it's normally things that are beneficial for us. But the things that I want to do are normally things that destroy me. So my yes and my no is broken. And those things have to flip-flop. And it's very painful in the beginning because I'm not good at saying no to drugs. I'm not good at saying no to things that I want to do. I'm not good at saying no to sex. I'm not good at saying no to my flesh. I'm not good at saying yes to God. Although I believe in God. Well, what do you believe? Well, I can do whatever I want in Jesus' name. That's not a Jesus that I want to serve. That's not a Jesus that when you serve Him, that beneficial things start to happen in your life. Because more destructive things will happen and you'll blame Him. And we do that. We blame God for what's happening in our life because He's not co-signing our will. And He's like, your will has never worked. Say no to yourself and follow me. But I don't know where you're going. If you give me the complete blueprint, I might be able to take a couple steps if I agree with you. That's not a God I want to serve. I want to be in control of God. That's not a God I want to serve. So us control freaks that are in the room that don't like releasing control have a real hard time with Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody? 
because I want to be in control. I don't know if I'm going to like what he's going to do. We're probably not going to like what he's going to do. But we will love the result of what we did. We don't want to go through the process. We want the end result. And I wanted it yesterday already. I want to put the least amount of work in as possible and have the greatest stuff start coming my way. But that's not life. It's not life. But I do believe in a supernatural God that does awesome stuff. That I talk to Him and He does things that we call miracles and coincidences that are really amazing. That He begins to show up in ways that are like, how did that happen? I do, it, it, it doesn't make sense. That shouldn't have happened. He's like, yeah... I'm the God of ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. That when we follow Him and we pray to Him, although it feels like times we're on a treadmill and at times that we're grinding through life, He has these abracadabra moments. It's like, bing, blessing. We're like, whoa. I've been praying that prayer. Yeah. And there's times that we pray prayers for years and it doesn't happen, and, and it, we struggle with that. But God's like, just wait. Just, just, just keep waiting. Just come on. Come on. It's going to be good. I promise. Just come on. A little bit more. Just a little bit more. I got something really amazing for you. Just come on. I look back at my life now to where I was five years ago, and I was complaining and murmuring and, and praying to God about certain things. And I get so angry with him because he could he could heal these things. He could do these things. He could wave his little pinky at stuff and make stuff happen. And I would get so mad at him. And that's exactly what I said. You could wave your little pinky at this regular I love you, God. Give me what I want. I mean, I was so angry. I bent the steering wheel in my truck because I hit it so hard because he wouldn't give me what I wanted. He's like, Tom, you can get as angry as you want. You can't manipulate me. And I'm like, Argh! it would make me so angry that I couldn't control him with my anger because it's worked with everybody. You guys know what I'm talking about. We've got a couple, two, three of us that got some anger issues in this room. And we use anger to push stuff around in our life. And God's like, bring it. I got this. I put a cross on my back. Ain't nothing you can do. Yeah. You're cheating. And God has got this great plan for us. But we have to begin to say yes to him and no to us because we are literally trying to destroy our own lives. You know, as a, as a kid growing up, I could blame everybody. I can blame dad. I can blame mom. I can blame the school. I can blame growing up poor. I can blame that I got abused as a kid. I can blame that I got molested as a kid. I can blame this. I can blame that. What if this? What if that? If this was this way, if that was that way, then my da da da. You know, constantly in this daydream state of life. And when I wake up out of my daydream, life is awful because it can't even compete with the imagination of the places I wanted to be or the things that I wish didn't happen. 
So pain just kept taking me deeper and deeper down the wrong road because I'm trying to run from what I feel on the inside. But what I've come to learn is that he uses all that stuff. That when we say yes to him, and we begin to take all of our garbage and we start giving it to Jesus, we start putting it at the foot of the cross, and we say, I don't know how you're going to use this, but use my pain, use my sin, change my life, take my, wait, do I really mean to take my addiction away? Can I get high and have fun still, but still serve you? All right, here, have my addiction that we have this wrestling thing that goes on as we deny ourselves. But when we get on the other side, we start to learn that what he's doing in our life is way better than we could ever imagine. That what I learned that that day when I'm pounding on my steering wheel because I'm not getting my way, is that my character is not ready for the great things that he has in store for me because if he was to give me the things that he has for me, in a place where I'm not ready, it'll destroy me. So in his grace, he's like, wait a minute, you're a lunatic. Keep coming. You've got some, but there's way more. That he wants to fill us up to overflowing, and we want to stick our pinky toe in the pond and wonder why we're not completely drenched in his presence. That we're trying to learn how to change, but we put very little effort in it. We do a lot of motion, huffing and puffing, but we're blowing our own house down most of the time. And he wants to build a foundation of stones and bricks, of truth, of change, of character, teaching us how to persevere. I've ran from everything in my entire life. I don't know how to persevere anything. It's like a bad word. Run away. Start over. Burn it all down. Watch it. I'm like, hey, I'm out of here. Now, I'm big and bad. He looked the other way. Come out. I'm gone. I've run from everything in my entire life. And then here's Jesus, like, sit still. Like, sit still? I don't know how to do that. Be still and know that I'm God. How do you do that? Read the book. I don't want to read the book. That's how we know God. And we see his miracles as he's woven them through history, how he's done supernatural things in a moment. He's delivered people that are oppressed in a moment. A while ago, there's there's like a meme, you know, this picture that somebody put up, and it really just kind of stopped me in my tracks for a minute because it really made me think is that Zacchaeus was this tax collector. And tax collectors back then would be basically like the worst people in the city. You know, that, and Jesus would hang out with them. So the religious people are like, don't, doesn't he know who he's hanging out with? Why is he hanging out with such scum? And Jesus would be like, well, healthy people don't think they need a doctor, but broken people do. And Zacchaeus is this tax collector. He's never... It's not in the word that he really had any interaction with Jesus up until that moment. But he saw that Jesus was coming. And he was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. Is the way the song goes. So, you know, he climbs this tree so he can get a view of Jesus. 
And Jesus is like, I'm going to your house later for dinner. And in this process, Zacchaeus has such an encounter with Jesus that he's like, I'm going to pay, pay back everybody that I've stolen money from. Sevenfold. I'm giving away. All my, all my money. Have it. And he's like, salvation has come to this house. You know, some of us know some stuff about Jesus, but we've put very little effort into our relationship with Jesus. And we have yet to really encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. We might go through the motions of church. We might go through the motions. But if you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is never the same. And some of us haven't had that yet. And it's okay, because he reveals it when you're ready to take it. And it changes everything. For me, when he shows up, I cry like a baby. Like, it's so much that people used to nickname it the Tommies. Like, because if you hang around me long enough, you'll be crying too. Like, it's a gift that he's given me. He's like, this big scary guy, we're going to make him cry. (laughs) And when I was a baby Christian, I got so fed up with crying because I need to be big and tough. I'm like, stop this crying! And he's like, and like weeks went by and I didn't cry. And I'm like, where'd you go? I'm like, all right, I didn't mean it. And boom, crying again. There's certain times we pray for stuff that that's not really what we want. Because we're more worried about what it looks like. See, at that moment, Zacchaeus didn't care what it looked like anymore. He was willing to do whatever it took. And he put himself up away from the crowd. Some of us need to get away from our crowd. And let Jesus into our home. Let him deep into our heart and say, have your way. But what that picture told me that day is that God planted that seed years before Zacchaeus climbed the tree. That God's been at work in our life in certain areas way before we ever knew we even needed him. And there's trees just waiting for us to climb that we just need to put some effort in. And yet sometimes we walk by them and we're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. I think I should get this. I shouldn't get it. And we walk by tree after tree of Jesus' opportunities to change. Because I want what I want. I'm still saying yes to myself. At that moment, Zacchaeus said no to his fortune and his way of life and his reputation and said, yes, I need to know more about this Jesus. And he was willing to do whatever it took, including embarrassing himself. Now, when I first got saved, I was hanging out with really weird Christians, because all Christians are weird, but that's another story. Because <clears throat> we think and say that stuff that's weird. But they took me out to eat, and we went out to eat, and they're like, there's people, and they're telling them about Jesus. And I'm standing, I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. And we sat down to eat, and I'm like, don't ever do that around me ever again. If you're going to talk about Jesus to people, just leave me home. You know, that's not who I am. That's not what I want. Don't embarrass me like that. Yada, yada, yada. Now I'm that guy. (laughs) Because I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't want to be a Christian. I just wanted what I wanted, and this Jesus guy was going to give it to me. Because I still wanted my yes 
but as long as he was going to do what I wanted him to do, we could let him hang out at the party, like the guy that's got the drugs that we don't like. But as soon as he runs out, you got to go. Mine's mine and yours is mine, right? Isn't that the way this works? But the truth of the matter is it's the flip-flop, is that Jesus has way more that he wants to give us if we would just put the work in and climb the tree. Because technically he climbed the tree and he hung himself on it to set us free. But there is a freedom that goes beyond all understanding. Like you can't put it into words. You literally can't explain it to somebody that doesn't know it. But if you've come to know it, you're like, no, this Jesus stuff is real. And you're like, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just have to keep moving. There's people that you're going to have to leave in the dust. There's jobs that you're going to leave. There's family members that you're going to have to leave. There's friends that you're going to have to leave because he's changing your reputation. And at first, you're going to feel embarrassed. At first, it's going to feel really awkward because you're not in the crowd anymore. You're in this new crowd of people that are weird to where we used to come from. I remember the first time I was at a conference at the church, and all these people are praying around, and I'm like, this is crazy. And the Holy Spirit's like, you were in a crack house six months ago. I'm like, touche. My crazy was normal. This new crazy with Jesus is absolutely insane. But it's technically more normal. But I'm just not used to it yet. But when I get used to it, I want more of it. Just like I used to want more of other stuff, I want so much more of Jesus today because it's so much better than anything that I used to do. On my best day, doesn't compare. Now that doesn't mean that everything's going to be peachy. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go my way. It doesn't mean that everything's going to just go up and down exactly how I want it to go. You're going to have some bad days. But now you have this living God that's going to walk through it with you and it's not something that you have in your pocket and it's not something that you can go buy at a store. He's literally living in our hearts. The Bible tells me that the same power that rose him out of the grave lives in me. And he can live in you if you would surrender yourself to him and climb a couple trees and read some of the word. And when it gets hard, you just keep pressing in saying, Jesus, I don't understand this, but I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to sit still. I'm going to try to figure this out. And it's taken all the religion and stuff that you think you know and put it on the shelf for right now and figure out Jesus, read through the New Testament, figure it out for yourself, not because some TV preacher, not because Mama said, not because anything, that you actually spent some time in the book, that you now have your own opinion of those words. Some of the things on the shelf, you'll be like, yep, that's true, I found it right here. Yep, that's true, I found it right here. That is absolutely true. Well, they're gonna, or False, I'm going to throw that in the garbage. But now I'm making my own opinion... Not because somebody did something, not because somebody said something, not because this Christian, not because of that priest, not because of this, not because of that. Now I'm putting my own yes in action, and I can say yes to Jesus more confidently because I know what I'm saying yes to. So often we're saying yes to people. I've given 20 bucks to people. Yeah, I'll be right back. Uh Never see those people again. 
How often have we said yes in the wrong places and we get burned? Now, it's my opinion, but it's true, that if you say yes to Jesus and you follow him, you'll have a life beyond your wildest dreams. But that does not mean it's going to be easy all the time. It does not mean that it's just going to go absolutely the way we think it should, because it won't. It'll go the opposite of the way we think it should, because he's leading us down a path we've never walked on before. But I think some of us need to walk on a different path. I'm tired of walking on the paths that I've been walking my whole life. I'm tired of feeling the way I'm feeling. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. All right, let me give this Jesus stuff a shot. But I'm going to spend some time figuring it out for myself, not because somebody said so. Because then I can say, this is what I believe because I read it in the book. And this is what I believe because I said a prayer and I watched Jesus show up in this way. And this is what I believe because he's transforming my heart and my mind in ways that have never happened before. Because I don't know what's going on with this book, but these words jump off the page at me. It seems like every time I read it, it's exactly speaking to me what's going on in my life. And no other book can do that. It's supernatural. It's God's breath breathed into our life. All we have to do is open it up and spend some time in it. Now, I literally could talk about this forever. <laughs> Please don't. But it, my life has been so transformed by Jesus that it literally is everything that I do. Now, I'm not perfect. And if you spend any amount of time with me, you can pick out all my faults just like anybody else. But I wholeheartedly believe that because he's transformed me in such a way that doesn't make sense. It absolutely does not make sense that he would pick me, this broken drug addict that goes in and out of jail, that absolutely did not believe in him, would curse him. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in this stuff. It's mumbo-jumbo. And he's like, I got plans for you. It doesn't matter what you believe as you come in here, but technically what I believe has been destroying my life. So why don't I give this a shot? And I say yes to Jesus, and I say yes to the Bible, and I say yes to trying out church. But just like we bar hop, there's bars that we like and there's bars that we don't. And you go to a bar that you finally like. You don't sit in a bar that you don't like. You go find the bar that you like. And church is kind of the same way. If you don't like the church, hop to the next one until you find one where you can sit your butt down and you like the crowd. I used to go to my grandmother's church before she passed away, and I loved Jesus, and I'm like, this is awful. (laughs) Now I know why. I didn't want anything to do with it. I need to go back to my church of choice. And I'm like, thought I was going crazy here for a minute. Find one that fits you. You can come to mine. They let me in. They probably let you in too. (laughs) Saying yes to Jesus is a choice that I didn't know what it was going to do in my life. And it's by far the greatest choice that I could have ever made. You know, and those of you that have made that choice, I encourage you to say yes again. What's the next thing that you need to say yes to him and no to yourself? Because we're not done in this journey. That there's more yeses that need to go in his favor and and no's that need to go in ours.
that we need to say no to ourselves and no to the devil and yes to him. And as we do that, he begins to progress us down this path that we probably will disagree with. And we pop out somewhere and we're like, this is actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So I just encourage you to just say yes to him. If you're not sure yet, just say if you're real, I, I, I want you to help me to figure this out. And that's literally one of my first prayer. I'm like, I don't know if I believe in this, but if you're real, then I want to figure this stuff out. And he's like, I got you. And he started messing with my life. And it was very uncomfortable in the beginning. I didn't know what was what. I thought I was going crazy. But I hung on because I knew what that life would go. It would lead me to pain. I knew what would happen if I picked up again. I didn't know what was going to happen if I followed Jesus. And I'm glad I hung on and I stayed. And I've buried people that didn't. One of my best friends, I buried him a couple years ago. Because he said yes to Jesus, but then he said no to his addiction. And he went back out and he didn't come back. And we never know when that day is going to come. If you're anything like me, you are, should be dead. And it's God's grace that I'm even standing here and you're just sitting here. God's already been at work. He planted the tree long ago. He was asking you to climb it. This is our opportunity to climb that tree and say, I'm ready to do it your way, Jesus. Because we don't know if we pass this tree, if it might be the last time we get an opportunity. Because we all know people that have not made it out of this game. And it's scary. And by the end of this year, we'll all lose some more people because that's what sin does. It, it, it is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So when I go out and I use, I am playing with death. But you know what? Fear can't get us in. Because you can't scare an alcoholic and an addict. Because we will literally run straight at fear and be like, Wee! But then you take the substances away, we run away from everything. We're like, I'm scared of everybody. i got to go home. But when we say yes to Jesus, he takes us on this new journey. Just buckle up because you're going to go for a ride. Would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you that you said yes to the cross. Because you knew what was coming before you and that you even prayed, God, if there's any other way that this could take place, can we have that? But your will be done. You said yes to the Father's will knowing that it was going to be painful. Lord, you're going to take us through a transformation and there's going to be some rocky roads. There's going to be some difficult days. But because of what you did, that we can have a life beyond our wildest dreams. And it's more than just going to heaven, that we can experience your presence, your joy, your peace, your love here on earth. But Lord, we first have to deal with who we are and what we've done. And we got to come before you and say no to ourselves and yes to you and lay our sins at your feet and say, forgive me. I'm ready to change. I'm not hanging on to anything. I'm ready to, to be transformed by who you are. And I don't even understand all this stuff, but I know that I don't want to continue to be who I used to be. So Lord, I just ask that you would come into my life and transform me. That I could say yes to you and no to myself and keep following you even on the days that I mess up. That it's not about being perfect. It's about being willing 
to keep pressing in, to keep falling forward, to keep making mistakes, but keep getting back up, to leave the drugs and alcohol behind me, to leave all the dysfunction behind me and grab a hold of you and say yes to you. So, Lord, I just ask that you would move in this place, that you'd move in my life, that I would say yes to you again, that everyone in here would say yes to the things that they've been struggling with, that they'd say yes to you and and leave that stuff behind them, and they would begin to, to, to move down the path of life with you in areas that they've been stuck. So, Lord, I just ask you to break off addiction. I break off alcoholism, break off mental illness, depression, anxiety. I ask you to break that off right now in Jesus' name. I ask that your presence would move and you would bring healing into the mind and the heart of every individual in this room, including myself, that you would transform me again, that you transform the men and the women in this room. You transform each and every one of us, Lord, because you are more powerful than anything that we're going through. That you literally break the chains off of every little thing, but we need to say yes to you and no to ourselves. So, Lord, I pray that you would meet us exactly where we are and you would pour out your love upon us, Lord, because you love us more than we know. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. At this time, we we break into our...